This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Live at XM is back for two hours and you're having guests again. I've been catching some of that myself. Um, also, you had the Beat Chris List Part 3, which I'm sure you'll talk about later, also Sunday. So you had a, a busy day, understood. But having said that, while, uh, while I hear what you're saying, I mean, I do have so many things in my mind. It's almost like I don't even know where to start. So I do. we do have some stuff backed up because it has been this whole week. So where do you want to begin other than... I must say, I don't want to bury the lead. You sending me awesome videos of Sasha, who's learning not three, four, but five punch combos. Very impressive. Sorry if I aired that laundry and you want to keep that private, but man, no, no. million dollar baby. Yeah, I, million dollar baby I showed her some million dollar baby. Then I realized it was yeah. not the type of movie that a kid should be watching. <laughs> right. And she was very scared of like the woman that, uh, Hillary Swank was fighting. She's like, she has bigger muscles than her. And she was like, let's look at the, the woman at the end. who was like a total monster. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's just a weird thing. Like, you know, we're cooped up in the house and there's not a whole lot to do. And I showed Sasha a couple of punches here or there because I, I took some boxing. I went to my friend's boxing gym, which is the Freddie Roach gym in uh, L.A. And I had taken some boxing oh, nice. when I was in my 20s. I had a heavy bag. And so uh, I showed her a couple of punches a while ago. And then she shows up in my office with a uh, soccer ball in a plastic bag and says, punch. And I said, all right. So I was holding it. She's punching. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, Heather's whole family is professional athletes. Like her mom was, you know, played at Wimbledon, did well. And Heather was a tennis player. Grandfather was an NFL player. And so I was always like, let's get Sasha a tennis racket or, you know, get her into soccer or basketball. And she's never had any interest in any of that. So we've always been a little frustrated because she's big and fast and strong. And she's pretty athletic. She likes to climb and run and stuff. But she doesn't want to play any sports. And, you know, I only have one kid and it's a girl. I, I want her to play a sport. You know, it's like, I don't have some son that I could just focus on that. Sport. You know, she's what I got. She's, I got to channel all my unrealized ambitions into her. Uh, and it wasn't happening. And, and also genetically, like she's got better sports genes than me. So all of a sudden she wants to box. I'm like, all right. So I'm showing the punches. I'm like one, one, two, you know, the one is the jab. I'm like, bend your knee. You got to get some force behind it. All right. Now you got to get this hip around for the two, for the, the straight, right. You got to, you got to square your hips and, and hit hard. And she's like, after a couple of tries, she's got it. And I'm like, okay, now let's try the left hook. You got to turn your heel out, cock your arm, and give it a, a short, quick pop. It's a knockout punch. She gets that. I'm like, wow. And she's blocking, and then she's ducking, and she's slipping, and she's throwing combinations, and she's throwing uppercuts, and I'm throwing the four or the five. And I'm like, she's super into this, and she's good at it. And I'm like, wow, this is kind of fun. So for the last week, we've done like, I want to say we've done an hour a day. Hours a long time to throw punches, and it's tiring. <laughs> and I'm like, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. You know, my friend who goes to that gym, I sent him the video, and he was like, really good combinations, but she's got to keep that left hand up when she throws the right. So <laughs> I told her that she complained initially, but now she does it. Um, I also will be like, drop down five push-ups. She can do five push-ups, which is a lot for a kid. Uh, I'm like, nose to the ground. You know, I'm like, sit-ups, you know, squats. You know, so she's doing all these exercises and then throwing more punches and more exercises. And I feel like I'm, you know... Apollo Creed training Rocky or, you know, Clint Eastwood training Hillary Swank or better analogy, Richard Williams training his daughters to, uh, yeah. take over the tennis world. So that's, uh, that now I know what's going to pay for my retirement, you know, when all of my, you yeah. know, all this, if Bitcoin doesn't, you know, take off, like I expected <laughs> to, well, you know, I got a plan B. 
Yeah, I believe you did actually refer to yourself as Richard Williams uh, in one of the texts, which I appreciated. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was good stuff, and uh, I keep those videos coming. Very impressive for sure. Um, so where else, what, what, what next, Liz? Uh, you were asked to go home. Uh, I know you had a paddle boat. You had a couple threads, uh, a pole. Um, where, where do you want to start? All right, well, we start with the, the threads, and I, I've talked about this a bunch, but you know, there's that paddle border in L.A. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about that. He got uh, ticketed or arrested for you know, breaking the quarantine and going out in the ocean by himself on the paddleboard. And, you know, we we're in the park, the police showed up. There was a drone, first of all, that was looking down at us. I was like, uh-oh, something's happening. And then the police showed up and sort of walked us, you know, sort of just, they didn't like talk to us, but they sort of waved at us and we just kind of walked out. Uh, and I was feeling a little bit of a pinch, you know, of my, uh, cramping my style a little bit. I'm like, we're in the park. There's no one within 50 feet of us and we're a family getting some sun and some exercise and that's good. And I just feel like, yeah, if there were a hundred people in the park around me, then I'd probably go somewhere else, you know? So I didn't really like being told that I wasn't allowed to be out and about. And I feel like the same thing with the paddle border in LA, I was in LA, you know, the, the virus doesn't supersede your rights. You know, the government can say, listen, it's our recommendation that you keep away from people. It's our recommendation that you wear a mask. It's our recommendation that you do X, Y, and Z. And, uh, and I, I take it seriously. I, I think the disease, whatever it is, is, seems pretty serious and I don't want to catch it. I want to give it to anyone else. So I am keeping my distance, but I don't want the government making the call for where I can walk, what I can do. You got to just trust me to make the call. It's my call because we have rights. Now I'm in a different country. Portugal's pretty freedom loving, at least this incarnation of it. But, you know, let's just take it back to the U.S. where I'm more aware of the, you know, legal situation there. Retreated this meme that's going around. It's all the founders with their wigs, you know, and standing around debating the Constitution. And, and there's a caption that says, and by the way, none of this matters if there's a virus, you know, the Bill of Rights and the right, Constitution. Right, like, right. no, that's not how it works, man. You know, it's, it's, and then people are arguing with me and they're like, like, oh yeah, so people should just be able to drunk drive. And if they get, I'm like, dude, if you're comparing walking down the street to the park, keeping a distance from people to drunk driving, you've already lost the argument, man. You're not, it's so obvious why that's different. And someone's like, well, you, you know, your freedom to swing your fist ends at my nose. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I would say that's true. But if you just say, well, my nose is everywhere in the whole world, so you have to be paralyzed for the rest of your life because my nose is everywhere. If you move, you're hitting me in the nose. That's kind of what they're saying, right? That's basically, they're saying my nose is everywhere because of this virus. And I'm saying, no, your nose isn't everywhere. And, you know, I think it's more scary to have a society where you are not allowed to have your rights are invalid based on uh, the government declaring an emergency because the government, we think this is, I think this is a legit emergency. I'm not doubting it. That's why I'm taking all these precautions. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's not really up to them to declare any emergency. They can say, oh, terrorism, oh, drug dealing, oh, alcoholism, everything's an emergency. You know, you have to stay home. You have to do what we say. And I'm not on board with that shit. A couple things to point out. One, you, the difference is you and your family listened and that paddle boater didn't, right? Like he was like warned 45 minutes. So at least there's a difference there as far as getting arrested. Now, having said that, this is very ironic considering that jails are like letting people out. You know, they're, if anything, they're trying to get less population because of this virus or, or not arresting people paddle boating by themselves, completely isolated, more than anyone in their home, by right, the way. Of course. Guy. And it was some fresh air. isolated person sun, in the entire county was that, was that human being. So sun, fresh air, water. Uh, yeah, it's, know, it's just, yeah, exactly. And, and, and their, you know, their argument would be like, well, you know, if everybody's paddle boarding or if, you know, we have to make sure people don't do all this fun stuff because they see him doing it and then other people do it. So what if there were 10 people doing it? It's funny about the beach too. These spring breakers who were like wasted. I mean, that's different, but like, I've never gone to a beach, even on a regular day, where I'm within 10 feet of somebody. I'm not sitting on their blanket on the beach. I'm not cozying up to some dude, you know, in his t- next to his towel. You know, I'm, I'm keeping my space because I don't want to be near, you know, I'm with my family, but we keep a space. Everybody goes to the beach. You find an empty spot on the beach. When you go in the water, you're not rubbing up against anybody. You keep four or five feet minimum, usually 10 or 15, from the other swimmers. I mean, every, right? I mean, that's just common sense. So... It seems like the beach should be open, and it's also sunny, and it's fresh air. Uh, I, I think, like, yeah, if you're, like, crowding a beach, like, spring break style, all wasted, taking selfies, like, hugging people, okay, that you probably shouldn't do. But, again, even if people are idiots and doing that, which I hope they don't, and I would personally discourage them not to, um, I don't want the government making that call for me or them. 
You know, it's sort of like the right to be an idiot. It's the right to be an idiot, even in an emergency. Yeah, no, I hear you. I know other people that have gone, they've been totally quarantined otherwise, but have gone to the beach themselves. And I've, you know, I still walk around the neighborhood with my family and right? yeah, of course. just be, just be smart about it. I, right? I, yeah. Right? I mean, I, I, I don't want it either. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. And, and then just, and the arresting is, uh, yeah, that's yeah, a lot of people don't, slow, and, slow, and, and I'm like, it's up. violence, right? It's the threat of violence making it taking away your rights. So I'm like, Oh, it's not violence. They just ask them to, like, what happens if you resist arrest and say, fuck off, I'm not getting off my surfboard. So get out of my face. They're, what are they going to do? They're going to just ignore you, let you do it, write you a ticket, email you a ticket? No. They're going <laughs> to no. tackle your ass and like throw you in. You know, I mean, it's not, it's the threat of violence. I don't, I don't know why that's controversial. I was arguing with Jeff about it. He's like, well, you don't know what they would have done. I'm like, when you resist arrest, like it doesn't usually like go very smoothly. Like it's, it's basically the threat of violence. Yeah. You don't need much of it either. Much resistance. Yeah. Um, so uh, what was the other threat you, you, you had? So there was that, and then there was, uh, we talked about this before, though, is that the people who, I swear to God, there were a lot of people saying this three months ago even, two and a half months ago, that by far the existential threat we should be worried about is global warming. That like carbon, human-based carbon emission is the number one thing as a species, as a collective globe that we need to address and tackle. And that is an existential threat. There were so many, you know, AOC, and Greta Thunberg and everybody who retweets her and all those things, many mainstream outlets seem to be saying this. They seem to sign a lot of scientists who believe this. And maybe they're right. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't believe it totally. I, I'm against pollution. I think it's horrible when I love animals. I, I, it's horrible when uh, a species goes extinct. We can't ever get that back. It's a creation that's beyond the power of people to even fathom creating. You know, I mean, it's, it's like a treasure that you've lost forever. It's horrible. Um, so I'm against pollution as much as anybody. I think we should, for that reason, be conscientious about you know what we're putting out into the environment. But those models that scientists have that we're going to go, you know, we're, this is going to happen in 10 years and 15 years, they haven't really panned out. This much warming is going to happen in this much time. And so I'm very agnostic. I think we should be cautious because agnostic doesn't mean I think it's false. Agnostic means I don't know. And obviously the risk is yeah. great. But I'm not in the camp of this is an existential threat. I'm sure of it. This is the big thing. But if you are in that camp, which many mainstream people are, then this virus is, you know, at least the second order effect of it is a miracle beyond your wildest imagination. You, we, it's like the, you know, we talked about how Venice, Italy, the water's clean and fish are back. And, you know, there's so many things like that. LA right now is supposedly like one of the cleanest counties or something. I saw some crazy yeah, the air, the air quality is like better than anywhere. Yeah. And these are miracles, you know I mean? It's like, Oh man, look at all this stuff. It's like, well, yeah, nobody's happy. Only a sociopath would be happy that you know, all these people are sick and dying. But if you're talking about an existential threat to the species, that was the thing, uh, as horrible as it is. And as many people as we should save, try to save as many as we can. I mean, this has to be, you know, considered almost a miracle for them, but you never hear that. And obviously you know why, but I think part of it, I mean, I, I don't, you don't even hear them say, look, it's such a tragedy that it had to happen this way, but what a miracle. But I'm like, do you really believe this? Or do you just, it's just the religion du jour. It's like, Oh, the new religion is climate change and a bunch of other things you're supposed to believe now. And so they believe that cause it's what they're supposed what their tribe believes. So they believe it. like whatever religion everybody believes, that's what I believe. And now that this other scary thing is happening, it's like that got totally forgotten. It almost seems. Yeah, I know that was probably a contrarian view that people took it the wrong way, I'm sure, of what you're, the point you're trying Most to make. Most people got uh, it right. Most people got it, what I was saying. It's a couple of people it, were like, what, you think this is good? I'm like, no, not, I, I want this to end. But I'm saying if, you're, if your biggest existential th- threat is climate change, you're probably not looking at those spring breakers being like, you idiots, this is like increasing the quarantine, it's prolonging this disease. You're sort of like, you guys might be idiots, but the effect of what you're doing is like cleaning up the planet even more because we're going to be locked down even longer because of these <laughs> dudes. I personally don't want to be locked down. I want this to end. Oh. I do think we should be conscientious about pollution, but it's not to me like, I mean, I swear to God, people were like making the case. I don't know if you, did you not see them making the case? Like this is the be all end all climate change. If that's the be all end all, like, right again, not the first order effect, people getting sick. Nobody wants that. But like, were they not like, a little bit like, holy crap. Look, and people are like, oh, well, no, no one cares about this minor reduction temporarily. I'm like, minor reduction temporarily? You think if the U.S., which backed out of the Paris Accords and other countries that didn't sign on to it or aren't meeting them, you think whatever the most ambitious agreement you could make, 
That's not even 10% of what they're doing now. This is the biggest reduction in, in emissions that this was beyond any, the greenest green deal person's most ambitious dreams. What's going on now. And this, if this goes on for months, that's the equivalent of years of whatever they could have hoped for before. And who knows how much of it's even going to come back. This is not trivial. This amount of environmental pause, the fact it's like, take, it's like, you know, I, this guy I follow on Twitter compared it to like a multi-day fast for a person who overeats and just taking a break from food and letting your, your system recalibrate and re, even if we go back and I don't think we will, but even if we go back to the worst case scenario in six months to the pollution we were at before, there's gotta be some deep healing from like the planet for like this long of this much of a cutback. Yeah. I just watched this movie Downsizing yesterday, Matt Damon with Alexander Payne movie, and it basically is about the world coming to an end because of of climate change. It was was not not one Alexander Payne's best, but whatever, held held my interest enough. Um, And if there was ever any doubt before, uh, boy, how much proof is this that humans are obviously just straight up causing this with such a... Well, they're causing pollution. I mean, I don't know if they're causing the the temperature change. They'd have to measure the temperature. Right, right. They're definitely causing right. horrible pollution. There's zero doubt about that. There's plastic in the oceans. There's extinctions. There's, you know, horrible air. I mean, obviously that's. Well, what's the five percent change or whatever? What's the the lower the lower the number? What is it? What do you mean with the lower the number? The car, What was it? The five percent. The how, what's what's been reduced? Oh, the carbon emissions five percent or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I think. Like I mean, I don't know what it's calculated based on, but. Whatever the whatever the numbers they're using, it's like if if it's at this level of reduction, which is like an eighty percent reduction. I mean, it's got to be. There's no cars on the road. There's few planes in the air. It's like it, this is not like oh we cut back twenty percent on our emissions or whatever the most ambitious goal is. It's like cutting back like eighty percent. I mean, there's still factories and stuff. There's still you know electricity and power. So maybe it's not as much as I'm thinking, but it, it's a lot. And Absolutely. this sustained worldwide. It's not one country doing this. It's a worldwide thing. I mean, it, it's got to have a serious in, impact. And you already see it after like two weeks, LA and Venice. And this is a couple of weeks. One thing you did have me think about is that scientists models, you know, and uh, if, if one of the things that I've learned from COVID is not to, I guess, just trust the scientists as I probably did um, blindly before. So I don't know, I was going to not bring this up, but now it's become more mainstream. And um, to be clear, I'm definitely living as if I've never had this and, and, and isolating the same. But what are your thoughts on that article you linked to on Twitter and all that stuff about this possibly being here, you know, a couple months more than we uh, assumed? It seemed plausible to me, you know, and it seemed plausible that this was here in November, December. And because, you know, you sent a follow up that like, the search for fevers in December was the highest amount of searches in like 200 months. 200 months is like what, like 16 years? Yeah, so I actually did that myself. Someone gave me gave me the idea. I stole it from something about a Google search uh, of where it was happening, these search for like body aches and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But to me, the more interesting question is when. So I'm pretty bad at this stuff, so someone can take it and run with it. But the Google search engine lets you go all the way back to 2004, which was whatever that was, 207, 204 months or something. But um, uh, I searched fever, and it spiked in the second half of December 2019 in California, the state of California, essentially more, give or take maybe one month, you could quibble, it was really bad flu season in late 2017, of any of the previous 204 months. And that's and we supposedly it came, didn't come to America. First reported case was January twentieth, right. and I'm saying people search the second half of December more than ever the word fever. So maybe that's nothing, but it's just uh, flu cases went way up. You sent me something also, um, so I don't know. I'm at least open to the idea. Frankly, you know what? I'm almost more than open to the idea of that because what the, the latest reports of the R not uh, is like five point seven or whatever, meaning like the infection rate is just it's almost six people to one person. So to me, it's almost like unrealistic that it wouldn't have spread earlier than that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people's like, California, the number one destination, by the way, from China, I thought it'd be New York, but supposedly it's California. Right. There's also some stuff I need to research it more, but I know people dived a little deeper, but there's some guy fired in Canada for like taking money from the Chinese and starting a lab. There was obviously the, the the outbreak happened in Wuhan. It's a market they claim that was 20 miles from the only level four Virus, you know, virus research 
sort of a biological weapons prevention slash prevention slash research center, like the deep security place where that kind of stuff is handled, 20 miles from there. And, and someone else pointed out that, you know, China is the size of the U.S., including Alaska. You know, Alaska is like a third of the size of the continental U.S. If you were to add Alaska in there, that's the size of China, mainland China. And imagine if you were to say, okay, let's just randomly say the disease started in Kansas. And what are the odds that the only level four lab is within 20 miles randomly? You know, if you were to randomly pick a, you know, put a dot and a pin in like some latitude and longitude in the, in the U.S., what, you know, how much of that 20 mile radius is, it would be like one in, you know, I don't know, not one in a million, maybe one in a million, one in a hundred thousand. I don't know. We'd have to look at the square miles of the number, but it's like very, very unlikely just randomly that where the virus broke out was randomly next to the lab that contained that kind of thing. Then some friend of a friend of Heather's is a doctor and he looks at all these scans for a living. I think he got it or somebody knew got it. And he said that whenever they see pneumonia, regular pneumonia, it's usually, no, I think I read this somewhere and he said something else. I read somewhere that pneumonia is usually just in one lung and, or it's often in one lung. And this is always in two lungs, both lungs, which is just very odd for pneumonia. And then secondly, when he looks at x-rays all day for his job and he said that usually pneumonia, normal viruses, uh, every person's different. They respond a little differently. The x-rays all look different. He said all the x-rays he saw for COVID-19 looked like exactly the same. And he thinks it's a bioweapon. So I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm still distancing. I think there's something real going on here. But given how unreliable our official sources are, our media is terrible, they're taking sides in this when it should just be about giving good information. There's been bad information about masks. There's been bad information about oh, yeah, chloroquine. Well, we can talk about that. It sends you down a conspiracy path. Now, again, I've said this before. Yeah. Extraordinary allegations or require extraordinary evidence. So we don't want to say we know this is the case until you have really good evidence. But I don't know, you know, what's the official story? Like it was like happened in some seafood market. That just doesn't seem that plausible. Yeah, I don't know. It could have been also, I guess, a group of our army when it was over there in Wuhan around that time. Originally, they tried to blame us for bringing it there, but it was vice versa, you know, earlier than that. Um, I, I don't know how it happened or whatever, but and I don't even know what it means if it was earlier. Uh, but I do, I just do. It just does make sense, and I'm open to the idea of it coming earlier. And I don't know what that means at all, other than hopefully the worst is now, you know, as opposed to three weeks from now and and, and the curve flattening sooner. I mean, that's the. Uh, but who knows about the reinfection rate and and man, the the early returns on the antibodies are discouraging. But I guess there 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 I guess some some places popping up to be tested for that, or I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts about what this means? I mean, obviously the economy damage is done, but um, I, I don't know what, what this. The economy means. damage isn't done yet. I mean, it, this we're just getting started because yeah, there's been damage done, but what are the after effects? You know, what are the effects of the rents that weren't paid and the mortgages that weren't paid? And the banks that won't lend and the, you know, I mean, there's just so many ripple effects. And then the overreaction by the government, perhaps, with the money drops, we, we don't even know what the second wave is, let alone a second wave of the actual disease, even if we manage to corral it by distancing and flattening the curve or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So what, what do you think? What, what, what are your thoughts moving forward? Uh, I had a thought today that I was talking about on the XM show also, which is just that um, I think that things like football and baseball and speculating about that uh, are kind of, it's like, oh, they'll never open. Someone's going to get sick. It's going to get shut down. We're saying this from three weeks in quarantine. And we're saying this before the real damage of sort of uh, economically has gone through the system. Given another few weeks of people really, you know, financially strapped, desperation, the virus still sort of being there, even though it's reduced, you know, it's not eradicated and people's preferences are going to change. I think, I think people are going to be like, you know what? Screw it. You know, give me some chloroquine, give me some vitamin C, give me whatever's working. It seems to be test as many people as possible. But you know, I, I don't know if we're going to be in the same place a month from now. A, we're going to have way more information about the disease and what works, but B, we might just be like, look, man, if I get it, I get it. I mean, there's a lot of people in Portugal. I see the construction workers are all working, no masks, a lot of them, hanging out, you know, drinking beers together, laughing, smoking cigarettes. I mean, those dudes are just like, F it. I need a job. You know, what am I going to do, not work? 
You know, those guys are just like, whatever. And I think, I'm not saying this is correct, but I just think that whether or not it's correct, and people can debate that, more people are going to go in that direction after a while. It's not, you know, you're just going to see more and more people be like, dude. And it's going to be interesting to see how the state responds to that if that happens. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know. Uh, it really is. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, I am treating. Okay. I was going to say about sports here. Um, originally you were like, there's no way it was going to happen with, uh, without fans. Where do you stand on that? Because partially, you know, kind of piggyback of what you're saying, the desperation, but man, I feel like at some point it's just going to be, they'll take what they can get. So yeah, they'll do without fans. They'll do it. Yeah, okay. Cause that, do that's what fans. I think is the more. I'm just likely. saying like you're a baseball player, you're getting millions of dollars to play your career. You're in your prime. You got to play, uh, you're a football player. You know, your skills are going to atrophy. You got to play. And you're like, dude, I'm young. If I get it, I'll probably be cured. There'll be better, you know, the chloroquine will be in wider supply. There'll be better studies. There won't be as much media BS. And I want to talk about that in a second. But you're just going to be like, screw it. I want to play. You know, I'm taking the chance. I think a lot of them are going to be like that. And, you know, I get you said the aesthetic will look weird, but we'll just have to get used to it. I, I just really think that that's just, that's, yeah, just, I, I, I know, think, I think that I'm around on that. Okay. Yeah. Right. I know. I do. I, well, I only thought that like, before you know when i realized like how serious it was no no, no i didn't there'd there'd still be, no when there's still be a season like i thought when there's still be a season they, they might be like oh let's delay it two weeks because it's kind of a bad look on opening day to have empty seats and it still is but you know if it's that or no season at all they, they might just do it no totally okay so what, what are your other thoughts on then uh that you said the media and the court oh so you know trump suggested and they were like ah that moron that's for malaria which is a parasite it's not a viral cure that guy's an idiot that it's snake oil whatever and then like there's been a lot of anecdotal and uh you know widespread in a lot of countries that that is a really good treatment for it and now there's a paper that explains the mechanism uh, by which it works and how uh, the malaria parasite does similar things that uh this virus does and and the chloroquine treats both and now they're trying to say, okay, well, maybe it works, but he has a financial stake in it. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's so so they, they pivot to like, he's a clown, haha. Then they're like, oh, and they're like that couple that drank the fish cleaner that had chloroquine yeah. in it and died or whatever. I mean, it's just, dude, you can, you can ding Trump for so many stupid things he does, uh, for saying it's just the flu, for a lot of things he's done, you know, for having his own hotel businesses still like making money when the Saudis come to visit. I mean, all that stuff is totally corrupt. They shouldn't be doing it, but when he's actually suggesting something that's legit and you're deterring people from finding out about it or getting treatment and just to dunk on him, you care more about Trump being or right about Trump. Yeah. About yeah. dunking on him. than like, like the people that you're supposed to inform getting good information is just gross. Uh, and so now, and now it's like about the financial thing. Apparently, I don't know. You'd have to fact check this, but I read that like he owns a, you know, some sort of, fund or something that has like a couple of thousand dollars worth of this stuff, you know, with a company that may, it's like negligible. Um, but they just, you know, they can't just be like, ah, yeah, we don't like him, but maybe he was right about this one thing. Maybe this is a legit thing. And so I would like to hopefully get the, you know, they get the stuff widely distributed. Intravenous vitamin C supposedly works. You get like 50 grams shot into you it supposedly works for other reasons it's it's water first of all that should be the tagline of this podcast is you'd have to check you'd have to fact check this secondly isn't a uh, vitamin c like water soluble so you have to like just constantly that's what you said maybe the intravenous because you have to just constantly take it yeah I, it is water soluble i don't know what that you know i don't know maybe it's not i mean it goes bio. through you quick so you have to keep right. taking it i guess for it to help your immune system like you'd have to just you know basically take it throughout the day yeah, I think you're supposed to take one an hour, like a, a gram an hour or something to do it properly. You absorb some of it. I think you absorb a lot more intravenously. Okay, interesting. All right, so that, that's, well, that's more encouraging than I, I, I got to say, yeah, yeah, the media probably painted it more of the scariness of, of yeah, don't, don't try it. And I've definitely seen some trials that look discouraging, but maybe that is just more of the BS. Uh, so. You might have seen the, the Bill Gates, apparently, again, mm-hmm. I read this, but there's so much going around. I, sometimes I read something and I think it's legit, and then I find out, oh, that guy's kind of scammy, so I'm not sure. But it was going around that, that the placebo that the Gates Foundation, whoever was he was funding, used for the chloroquine that showed that it wasn't especially it wasn't any more effective than a placebo was vitamin C. So they were using like actually a cure as a placebo, mm-hmm. uh, and then apparently maybe they both work. And that dude is scary, uh, Bill Gates. And I, 
Oh, yeah, there you go. You're there. Trans, yeah, transition to your the most dangerous poll you made on on Twitter. Yeah, it got so many votes. By the way, so many more than like my sports polls. I always <laughs> said, who's the most dangerous of these people? And it was like Trump. What's the name of the Chinese uh, president again? Uh, Z. I'm going to say it wrong. Yeah, Z. Putin and Gates. Yeah, Putin and Bill Gates. And yeah. you know, so it was like I think Z won, but Trump was second, and and then it was Putin and. And, uh, and Gates and, and some people are like, why is Gates on this poll? Yeah. Some of the, but other people were like, yeah. dude, I made three different accounts to vote for Xi and Gates, you know, because <laughs> Gates to me, I mean, I've heard rumors and I don't know what's true and what's not, but why is that guy meddling in this stuff that this guy was a monopolist who brought antitrust suits against this guy. And he just sort of like wore down the justice department with all the money that Microsoft had. Microsoft is always a shitty product. There's viruses, just ironically, that's a, you know, he couldn't stop computer viruses. Macs are way safer than PCs. It's a product that, you know, Windows sucked and he just um, was throttling all the competitors. He was very good, not at creating good software, but at anti-competitive tactics that blocked everybody else out. And suddenly we're trusting this guy who there was all sorts of, I've read like all sorts of fails and people died from some of his like vaccines in India. And reportedly uh, he wanted a vaccine that had like a, a digital trace in it so they could mark whether you had, you know, had the antibodies or not so they could track you, track who had been, you know, vaccinated and had any, I mean. That's what this is, the, that's yeah. the concern or this so, is all so going, I, we need I to track again, Some, of, some right? of this is rumor, so I don't, you know, someone could say, no, that's like, he's not, that's not actually true or the person who's, you know, pushing that is some nut job. It's possible because, again, <laughs> I don't know. But I do not trust those oligarchs one bit, not at all. And the fact that we're turning to this this nerd douche who like excelled at a certain kind of anti-competitive business without really building great products and actually probably um, blocking innovation more than innovating successfully. I mean, he's good at something. You know, he's obviously made a lot of money doing it and was able to persuade people. I'd rather see us get the chloroquine or the vitamin C or whatever and and have a, a ready cure for this and not uh, certainly not going to trust anything that guy comes up with. Um, yeah, Z did win 33%, Trump right behind 31%. But yeah, you got 2,300, uh, 2,300 votes on that. Um, yeah, it's a very, very thoughtful. The, the comments definitely in there. Some people don't understand exactly like you said. Some people don't understand why Gates is on there. And then two below, they're convinced he's by far the easiest choice, which is kind of funny. Well, uh, what's funny about you, you think it'd be like-minded people following you in a way, you know? Yeah, but now most of my followers probably think Trump is like the worst still. You know, there's a lot of those guys. What's funny is that... I really I started to think about that poll later. I was like, that was a good thing because just putting Gates in with those guys, people were like, what? Why is that? You see that. And it just, even though you Maybe might be like, that makes no sense, yeah, 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 it yeah. plants a seed yeah. in your mind so that when you read something else, you're like, what? Why is Bill Gates associated with those three? It's a little dirty. It's what people do in politics to like undermine somebody. But I do feel like we need to like, you know, what's Jeff Bezos up to buying the Washington Post? And why is... You know, like we, we need to be very suspicious of these people. And the reason is that concentrated power for any human is dangerous. It doesn't mean Bill Gates was evil when he was born or any of these people are evil by nature. They may be or may not be, or there may not be such thing, but that's more of a philosophical question. The, the issue is the Lord Acton quote that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And one of my favorite movies and books when I was a kid and movie when I got older was Lord of the Rings. And probably mentioned this before, but like Frodo, he's hobbit he's a humble hobbit and he's the guy who's tasked with taking this powerful ring and throwing it in the in the lava of mordor and uh destroying it but like mordor is like where the evil resides and it's very treacherous to get there and obviously he doesn't want to deal with this task and he says to gandalf who's a powerful wise wizard he says gandalf why do i have to do this you're way more powerful than me you should just do it instead of me and gandalf says something to the effect of well no it has to be you because i'm too powerful and if i had this ring i'd be too tempted to just be incredibly powerful. It has to be somebody who isn't as powerful to, to destroy this thing. And I think that's, it's just a really deep thing where if you give somebody, some nerd like Bill Gates or you give anybody power, but some of these guys, it's just incredibly dangerous. It, it's, they should not have this power. They're, they're, they don't have the wisdom to wield it and they don't have the restraint to wield it. And you know, if you start having this guy remake the world order in some way, based on tracking people or surveilling people or, you know, a lot of things that he suggested, I, I think is incredibly dangerous. 
Yep, hear you, and that's for sure. Probably got, if nothing else, got people to think, try to understand why you included. Uh, yeah, and they'll see it elsewhere, you know. And it's just another oh, seed yeah. to plant. And I hope you know we're planting seeds. Most people who listen to this podcast regularly would already be extremely distrustful of someone like Bill Gates. So I don't know if the podcast is really doing it, but you know, my Twitter following is a little wider than the podcast. Um, yeah, that's fair. Well, not that this, he's in any way, shape, or form related to the, those leaders, but um, do you have any thoughts on Boris Johnson in the ICU? It seems like that could be a serious situation. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, he's obviously getting the best care. I bet he's getting some chloroquine. He's going to pop out of it. Uh, he's going to, oh, you know, you're what, whatever works, you know, they're going to give him. But yeah. nothing's a uh, silver bullet. And if you read the mechanism in some of these articles, it's pretty scary the way it works. It like screws up the iron metabolism, where like, you know, you're. I don't, I don't know it well enough, but your red blood cells carry iron yeah, yeah. And that, that, and, and it carries oxygen to different parts of your body. And if, uh, that's disrupted, you, you basically, the, the guy described it like, it's not like the ventilators don't work that well. Cause the ventilators are like, if you have no muscle to pump the oxygen, like, I guess like a collapsed lung or somewhere, you, you can't physically pump it. So that's not their problem. There's no weakness. It's that it's like being an altitude. They said it's more like if, if you're in an airplane and they lose cabin pressure and there's not enough oxygen at that altitude, you'll start to die. And that's kind of what happens. They can't deliver the oxygen where they need it to the brain. Yeah, that's what, that's what I heard. Once you're on the ventilator, then that's, yeah, not great. Yeah, that's what and, I and they said actually like pumping the ventilator, the ventilator can help, but it should be at like the lowest one. It's, it's not about pumping rapidly. That could do more damage. It's, it's about making sure you're getting oxygen to your organs and your brain. Speaking of ventilators, I wanted to bring this up because I brought up Elon Musk last week, and you're like, well, he kind of had to donate all those. Um, since then, apparently, they cannot be used. Uh, all the ones he donated were, uh, were faulty. So I just wanted to follow well, up. It really, it really like the, you know, Elon, <laughs> oh, well, let's go have Elon Musk save us, and let's go have Bill Gates save us. I mean, I think these guys are very suspect. And again, even if they're nice guys, which I don't really know that they are, there's much evidence that they are. It's just hey, that Jack Dorsey seems like a. I don't know. It seems that. What about that? It's the only stock I own right now. Is Square. It's, yeah, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think it'll still get pounded. The, the markets come up a little bit, but I, I think there'll probably be another dip. Not that I'm a professional analyst for that. Uh, but yeah, he seems like an all right guy, from what I can tell. Okay, we don't know these people, but he, he definitely sure. seems. But he's like, I'll donate this thing. He's not like I'm going to go track everybody with this. Uh, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, it's a right. little different. And. So yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully he's gonna be able. But again, like I, I think like there's this quote that I read, some spiritual. He says, you know, you can either try to pave the whole world with leather or just wear shoes. And I feel like the whole the people who want like the police to stop everybody who are congregating and they want to track everybody. It's like paving the whole world with leather. Like, how about just taking care of your own health? Get your immune system up to speed. You know, eat healthy, be healthy. If there's a vaccine that's not a Bill Gates vaccine, but a legit one that that's shown not to have major side effects get it take care of yourself take care of your family do the prudent thing and influence others to do the prudent thing but um, don't pave the whole world with leather there's a certain point at which it's like no it's not bill gates that's going to save you it's not elon musk it's not the u.s government it's doing your own research and taking care of yourself and doing the best you can in a situation for sure, man. Makes sense to me. Um, do you want to talk some sports? Uh, do you have the beat Chrysalis three? Uh, you did your NBA draft officially. I don't think we've talked since then actually having it. So we want to talk next. It's hard. You know, which one did I dominate more? It's hard. to <laughs> say. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Beat Chrysalis three. looks like, uh, what, um, Clevenger in the third, you had your choice of, of him in, in Kershaw. That's just the one that jumped out to me is, is frustrating. Nice steal. Oh, and I'll pay, I mean, Jordan Alvarez and you, my guy. So yeah, it looks like you have a, had a pretty good, uh, squad there. Yeah. It was a fun draft. I just kept getting all these like Louis Robert and I love David price. And then I just kept oh, getting yeah, these yeah. like upside guys like Kyle Tucker and Senzel. And, uh, I just kept, you know, Dylan Carlson. I just kept swinging for the fences, uh, because, uh, in a league where we may not even have a season. If we do, it's so distorted that who the hell knows? All these guys are going to be out of their parks. If maybe if they're playing in Arizona, I stayed away from the cores guys mostly. Like I, did, I was, I had a lot of cores guys in prior drafts, and I'm just like, I yeah, maybe they'll do that. But uh, what, speaking of NBA, did you you did dominate that? You should have grabbed Pippen later. I liked you. I think you mentioned Weber was an interesting wild card. Tracy McGrady was an interesting wild card. But I think I talked to this about about this with. with barons on our uh, nba pod on yahoo um but not with you yet what did, what did you think of it yeah it was good i, I could have taken dirk instead of wilt and you know dre is like the hoops historian so you know dre his opinion has some weight because he 
you know, he's uh, nerded out on this stuff for decades sure. now. Sure. Uh, although I always think about stuff like this, even though I might not have been. I can't on. believe you let uh, Garnett go all the way back to him. Like he I took know, but Ron I just I wanted Curry and Bird, and I told you that's who I was going to take. Yeah. So yeah. to take Garnett, I. I know Garnett's like a huge impact guy, and he he loved getting uh, LeBron and Garnett, so I get that. But there's just no way that I'm taking Garnett, who, you know, he he he's assuming Dre assumes Garnett would be a quality three point shooter if he were, you know, if he started his career now. But would he be? He might be okay. But Curry is the greatest three-point shooter of all time. And, and I mean, by the way, Barron's, who's old like you, I asked him on the pod, uh, he backed your assertion as far as Bird being, uh, yes, would have definitely translated. No no question. Don't uh, look at my numbers that I was saying uh, as far as the volume. So, uh, yeah. Bird, he, Bird, would, yeah. Bird was, this, he would have been made for this era. This is yeah. passing and spacing and shooting. I mean, it was what he did. And you get Curry, who's the greatest shooter of all time with unlimited range and this quick release. So who are you going with if Waylon takes uh, Curry instead of Durant? Uh, I'm taking Giannis, I think. Okay. Ooh, okay. Giannis and I was really bummed that he didn't get back to me in round yeah. three because I mean, Giannis, he's, you know, you can't, you don't know what his career is going to be, but like, he's like the, the 2.0 of like the, the big man, you know, he can handle the ball and he can defend any position and he's not going to shoot from outside really, but he's just a, a monster, you know, defensively. So Andy also loved Wilt. Thought that was ridiculous. How lady he would have translated everywhere. Yeah. So Dre, so Dre was saying Wilt because um, because he's like two seventy five. You guys were saying right? I heard you on this show. Well, he's, he went up to three hundred. You know, in high school, it was like two fifty. He ran. Okay, so I was running on the track, and I ran a one fourteen four hundred, which was hauling. You know, that's a five minute mile pace, and I that was as fast as I could go for a quarter. I, you know, if I trained more, I could probably get to one ten or one oh eight. Wilt did a 49-second one, 49 seconds, which, you know, remember, a four-minute four mile, right? A four-minute mile is a minute, right? Yeah. Oh, this dude did 49 yeah. seconds for the quarter. He did, <laughs> Come he did, on, that's he did, real? He did 158 for the 800 meters for half a mile, 158. So, let, you know, more than a four-minute mile pace for half a mile. So yeah. that guy was 250 pounds, probably like 6'9 at the time in high school when he did that. Like this, And this guy, he had a six-and-a-half-foot high jump, 22-foot long jump. Like he was just like Russell – he was an absurd athlete just apart from the basketball. And Will Chamberlain was, people thought he was the strongest man in the world. You know, so the strongest man in the world who could run a 49 second, you know, 400, of course yeah. that guy's going to dominate. I mean, and, and you know, they were saying oh, yeah. you, you'd have to convince him to just be a role player. Okay, fine. I'll have this guy who, sh- he's like Shaq and Russell combined. You know, he's like, and, and Dre was saying that, that Wilt was a great shot blocker, rim protector, but Russell got out to the perimeter and did more things like the numbers show. Maybe, right. you know, I'll, I'll trust that. I mean, he knows what he's talking about, but I don't know. I just think Bird, yeah, Curry, like Wilt, right? And then Harden yeah. with the step back three, right? Harden is my fourth round pick. He's got that step back yeah. where nobody can guard that. So, how, And he can pass too. He would get, you know, double digit assists. So you got Harden, Curry, and Bird, who are the three best passers, three of the best passers in, you know, in the league. And then you got Wilt and David Robinson down low. So that, yeah, you know, no that was I like it. Yeah. Wilt scored a lot too. And he made baskets too, as well. Also off the, on the court too. Anthony yeah. Davis is a pretty good steal in round yeah, seven. That's so I got three yeah. rim protectors, yeah. three elite, like just athletic bigs who can just swat anything and like move cover ground. And then I've got three, you know, perimeter guys who are the best shooters in the league who are unguardable. And then I've got Wade and Kobe for scoring, I guess, you know, I mean, Wade is like a backup point guard. He could handle Kobe's kind of the, I just took him cause it just seemed like he fell so far. Yeah. That's falling. Yeah. Uh, but I, but you know, I could have taken Reggie Miller to have like another sick outside shooter or Dennis Rodman to like just D up anybody. So you could argue that, but you know, having Kobe so competitive, like being able to put that dude in, if you want some instant offense. Yeah, I know. It's tough to pass him up there. Like I said, are you Pippen? And I like you throwing Weber's name out there because in his prime, um, I remember, yeah, I've seen him in Sacramento. That guy would put up triple doubles at halftime in playoff games. Like in his prime, he he was just a monster. Well, he was just um, six nine. He was two fifty, six nine, and fat. he was like LeBron's build. Like he had that kind of you know strength and quickness. You know, it wasn't as quick as LeBron, but he was you know for a big man, he's incredibly quick. Uh, he wasn't a great shooter, but yeah, he was, you know, oh, in, yeah. in that the mold three, of that, the, three. the yeah, really, the, the really, uh, athletic, uh, forwards, you know? Yeah. No, uh, free throws too, but the, um, the fun exercise for sure though. No, I thought you, uh, you did, well, you guys are doing a bunch of drafts. Uh, you did Yankee one and, and, and what it tigers one and whatnot on the, uh, on the XM. XM. we just yeah. did a, we're doing a tennis one for uh, the XM show tomorrow. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I learned tennis is, does not have a commissioner. It was not on the aforementioned uh, phone call. I guess yeah. they don't does not have one. Um, what? Uh, yeah. All right. Good stuff. Um, anything else in your mind? I watched uh, Dr. Strange Love. It was very funny. Good, yeah. good, good recommendation. Stanley Kubrick. Uh, well done. Uh, it, was, it was pretty funny. He's like, that nuke's launching. He's like, when they see that, they're going to launch one on, they're going to launch it at us. And he's like, okay, but if we, before it even gets there, launch everything we got at them, then that's the only thing we can do. You know, it's like, okay, fine. We're just going to completely go all in because what else? It was like, this is automated. We can't stop this. Oh yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, it was good. It was good stuff. Uh, Peter Sellers played like three different characters. Um, the, uh, and then onward I watched, I'm actually behind in Pixar. I need to catch up. Uh, I'm told that, you know, it's not one of their very best, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, got emotional at the end. It was good, good stuff. I thought, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm putting out a, a five part legal leagues recap too much sports talk, but there's some, uh, some Bach, some Kings crossing in there. Thanks to you. Some Elliot Smith and some Mitch Hedberg mixed in. So, uh, check that out if you're bored and, um, anything else with you list you're doing two hours on XM and just what, just searching for content, but, um, but, but having fun doing it. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's, uh, it's going well so far. We'll see where, where we're at a couple of weeks from now. You know, like we'll see if we can keep it going. And right, then, uh, right, right, totally. I've been drinking a lot of natural wine. Uh, there's this one woman with a natural wine shop. That's all she sells, and she'll deliver on Friday. So we've been ordering these big boxes. I mean, it's kind of expensive actually. It's like twenty bucks a bottle, which for here is expensive, not for the U.S. Um, and I've been just drinking like three glasses a night, and it's kind of like it almost tastes like a kombucha, but it's got you know twelve or thirteen percent alcohol. And I'm re- the taste is really growing on me, and you just don't get a hangover from it. It's just so clean. It's like you're you're drinking this like effervescent, minerally natural concoction. It's like an alchemist's concoction, and you're drinking it, and you're like, it's like a living thing. I feel like it's good for you. When it's, I went and visited my relatives back in the day, I was 18 or something, and they they were they claimed my parents or my dad claimed it. Uh, they you don't get as bad hangovers because yep. they don't have preservatives yep. in right. like they do in America, the wine. So okay, that was actually well, it's not, not just, an old or, it's not just organic or you know we have organic wine too, but this is natural wine, which is a different process. There are less preservatives. There are less. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, Heather, we know the exact distinction of what makes it natural versus just organic. But right, right. It, I would just say that when you the, when you actually drink it, it's kind of like a kombucha, like a homemade kombucha, which I also make, which has that oh, like nice. effervescent. Of course you do. Of course, of course I do. do. Real, yeah, real man does not do that, but I do it. Only a nutless monkey makes his own kombucha. But <laughs> but you said it. It's uh, but and there's no doubt about that. But it is uh, got that effervescent like you know bacterial uh, living thing taste, right, uh, fermented right. taste, and I I really like it. So that's what I'm into now. One other thing I want to bring up, actually, I meant to. Uh, did you see this uh, on this challenge, Jonathan Bales uh, push up challenge on, online? I did, you know, Jonathan Bales used to write for Rotowire, and I, I was the guy who he was, he was like you. He was like another, you know, he was a guy who emailed me. And so I know the guy. I used to know him. I don't really know him. Dude, anymore. I swear, I, I, I was curious if that was the same person. So, yes, I, yeah, I, yeah. I yes. I know. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a lot of people that came through Rotowire. You know, uh, that guy, Eddie Wang, he had that uh, straight off the boat or fresh off the boat TV show and book. Do you know who that is? I do. Okay. He was a road. He covered the Rockets. That was okay. that guy. You That's know, a lot funny. of people, obviously, in the sports industry, you know, a lot of guys, obviously, like you and Stefania and Andre and stuff, obviously, wrote yeah. for us. But there's like, you know, people like that, random people. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. That's like that that you would know. Anyway, yeah, he. Uh, oh, he, I see the the um, uh, Zach Lowe is quoting. Um, uh, come on, I got to know his name because this is one of the few people I actually trained. I'm sorry, Jeff Stotts. Jeff Stotts. Oh yeah, Jeff Stotts wrote a wire. He yeah, still writes Jeff for Stotts. us. He's, He's so, the few that I did. That you had me do that. I was horrible at it. So I uh, quickly that you got, you learned quickly. I was bad yeah. at that. So, so but I I trained him. So I, hey, look at that. So yeah, I, we're, we're everywhere. That, we're all over the place. And. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so he was, you know, he wrote for us briefly. He wrote for a lot of plays. It wasn't just us. I saw that, obviously. And, uh, you know, I do push ups, so I, kn- I know what it takes to do. Yeah, so 2,412 hours and a lot of money was on the line. I'd love to know the real amount. Um, and this was on uh, Stitch or whatever that is. That means right. that, and people were watching. I watched some of it, and the guy's just a beast. Um, I don't know your thoughts. Did you think he would have done it, or did you have an opinion of what? 2,400 push ups. Um, if you get 200, 200 an hour, it's 200 an hour. Just and pretty insane. I thought, but I, it, you know, it just saw the number. I didn't think he was going to be able to do it. Then again, like a lot of things, like I was trying to run that four minute mile, five minute, four minute mile. No right. way. Five minute mile before I got injured. And also I can't run cause I can't go to the track and I may, you know, we'll see what happens when this whole thing ends, I can get back there. But if you do it, like you might be able to do something insane. If you 
break it down properly. Now, there's obviously a physical limit, but he, he was doing them like sets of six. So maybe he figured out somehow that that was like the most efficient way to do it. Like six is easy. It's not doing one where you have to like bother to get down and get into the position, which is probably not worth it for one. Like, there's that like optimal number, like six or 10 or something like that. It's definitely not 50. You know, you don't want to like push yourself hard. Right, right. Uh, just the sheer volume, like obviously you just get muscle fatigue, but he figured it out. So yeah, uh, good for him. He, he wants some money. Yeah, no, it was intense, intense amount. Um, I was going to ask. So you, you've been doing push-ups yourself too? You go, yeah, you don't run as much. So, what, yeah, what, so where do we stand on that? I've been doing push-ups. I've also been fasting a lot, uh, you know, just eating within a four-hour window from like five to nine, four to, four to nine, a five-hour window. So if you wake up, uh, are you counting like, say, taking vitamins? That would be considering not fasting, right? Anything you no, put no, in no. your body you other than just, water? Or no, no. no I, they're not like, no, just a basic fast where I'll drink black coffee. Take okay. Vitamins. You'll drink coffee. Okay. okay. It's right, not like, right. you know, I won't, I won't take like vitamin D or a until I eat food. Cause that doesn't absorb well without fat, but I'll just have black coffee. You can take some vitamin C with that. That's no big deal. It's not going to break your fast. There's no calories in that. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll eat at four and I'll stop eating at nine, but I'll have my glass of wine until nine, nine thirty. Um, that, that should count. That counts kind of. And then I've been doing push ups, and I've been doing, uh, Sasha, you know, I've been making her do push-ups. So when we box, I'll be like, drop down five push-ups. All right, sit-ups. You know, I make her do nice. the full Rocky thing. And she's into it. She likes it. She's like, likes to work out. And then uh, I'll, I'll do some. So I did 60 in a row, which was pretty hard for me. That was about my limit. But I usually do 50 in one pop every other day. That's what I do just to, it, it's painful. I dread it all day. If I leave it till the end, try, I try to do it earlier, but I always do it because 50 you do 50 and you're like legit form oh legit and then i did 60 legit form that was you know basically if i really went to my max and and that's and that's like you know when you that kind of just stress on your body and your muscles is going to build a lot of strength and and some kind of fitness in your body like you're even that's all you do and i only do it every other day i mean i'm trying to think of what else i do i you know we go for walks in the hills and stuff around here but it's nothing serious. So yeah, I, I should be getting a little more exercise. I've also been doing these uh, Wim Hof breathing exercises. Um, they're fr- I do the free one. You, you can explain. It's just like this Dutch, you know, the Iceman, you never heard of that guy? He, uh, he, he, from you. he went swimming uh, in Antarctica. Yeah, I've heard from you. Okay, yeah, and yeah. he, I mean, just in a bathing suit, not a wetsuit. And it's like insane. Like if you even think about it, like how insane that is. Speedo, no doubt. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I don't think. I think it was just shorts. But um, you can you know you can imagine what you prefer. But the point is that uh, that he's able to control like his autonomic nervous system in a way that people didn't think possible. And it's breathing meditation and cold water immersion. And so I've just been doing some of these breathing exercises. They're pretty simple. It's like rapid breaths for like 30 of them. And then you hold for like a minute, or minute and a half. I hold, I can hold two, two plus, you know, you eventually get a little bit longer and then you take a big inhale and then you exhale and you start again. You do a few rounds of that and yoga. They have breathing like that too. And it's like the breath is like a powerful tool to get acquainted with your body and also to for balance sure, things out. And like, there's so much stuff like that out there, you know? So I don't know. That, he seems legit. Cause he does the, he does the thing. It's worth checking out some of the videos. All right, man. Cool. All right. Good stuff. Let's, right. uh, yeah. Nice, uh, nice pod. Good talking to you. And, uh, yeah. Hope, uh, Sasha and Heather are doing well, man. All right. Yeah. You too, man. Hope your family's doing well too. All right. Later, Liz. Later.